Welcome to a new season of our Making History Parenting Podcast. I'm so excited about this season. This is awesome. Yes. We're so excited. As always, our goal is to help parents make God's story come alive in the hearts of their kids. We've enjoyed so much of these past several seasons and years on this podcast, bringing lots of relevant content from a variety of incredible people who have given so many helpful mm-hmm. tools to put in our parenting toolbox. I know. Yeah. I think this is actually our 28th episode, if I'm counting correctly, what? which is kind of incredible. That's awesome. And we're in our third season. Um, and I'm really looking forward to all that we're going to learn specifically in this season and all the things we're going to get to share um, with you during these these episodes and these conversations that we're going to have. That's awesome. I'm glad we got past one episode. We made it past we one. We made it. We made it. And, <laughs> and what I love about this season we're going into, we're focusing specifically on families that look a little bit different than what maybe society has or even churches um, consider to be normal. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not your average families per se. Which what it really is an average family. You know, that's, that's, that's what makes this season so significant, I think, is that we, yeah. all of our family structures look different. And so we're just kind of identifying a few of those and talking about some of the challenges and um, giving some encouragement for those families. Right. So we have um, blended family, mm-hmm. which we, today we're going to open up with blended, mm-hmm. blended family. And we have adoptive family. Right. We have a single parenting mm-hmm. and then and finally, we, we're going to do an episode on if you have a parenting with a special needs child yeah. in your home, which mm-hmm. is such good. We're excited about this series. So today, we're going to jump into a conversation with Joel and Tiffany Hudson, and and they're going to help us kind of navigate what a blended family looks like and yeah. blending two families becoming one. So we're excited to jump into this episode. Well, welcome to the show. We are so thankful for Tiffany, I have Tiffany here and Joel here with us. Guys, we're so grateful for you. Thank you for making time to be here today and and talk to us about such an important um, idea and conversation that that we get to jump into. But first, first we want to just, you real quick, tell us about um, your family and what makes up your family unit right now. So tell us a little bit about your, your kids. Well, my name is Joel, and Tiffany is my wife, um, and we are, um, I guess, newly married a couple of, couple of years, uh, but we both brought children from previous marriages mm-hmm. with us. So I've got uh, our, my oldest from my previous marriage is Kira. She's 16, and Lyric is 12. And Kira, then, and she's driving now, right? She is. She's driving. She wow. is. Which we're grateful for. <laughs> Um, and then I brought Nola Grace, who is currently 10, and Fulton, who is six years old. And so we we like to say we Brady bunched it and we, yeah. <laughs> with four girls. Yeah, four so. girls, a wide variety mm-hmm. of, of ages. That's awesome. Okay, well, again, we are grateful for you. And Joel, you lead uh, worship at our Nashville campus. And yes. uh, we're grateful for how you lead um, uh, our congregation. And uh, Tiffany, you work for the BCM uh, Vanderbilt yeah. right now, so which is awesome. Um, so we get to um, watch college students come to that Nashville campus. And it's, it's just fun that you're a part of that campus and you're part of our church. You've, and um, how long have you actually been a part of rolling hills yeah it's kind of a loaded question um i moved here six years ago and um had some some friendships already um before that was friends with 
the Hales, Jason and Jacqueline and friends with Nick and Susan before I ever moved to Nashville. So Rolling Hills was just the natural fit. So I was here. Um, I It was the first place I went and um, at the time was a single parent. And so it was a, a weight lifted off of my shoulders to walk into church and mm. those friends just kind of pick up my kids and um, take a weight off. And so I've been here for six years, but there was a season um, when Joel, right when Joel and I got married, um, he was at another church. And so we mm-hmm. kind of went there for a bit and then and the Lord called, <laughs> called us back. We're glad to be back. So on and off six years. And, and I don't think I ever said it. BCM represents Baptist Collegiate Ministries, if mm-hmm. you didn't know that out there. So just want to make sure that wasn't confusing. And Joel, you've been here two uh, years on staff. Right. Close. Yeah. Just right about, yeah, wow. two years. Has it been that long? Has it? I think you're right. Yeah. Was I right? I think I think so. I was going to say a year and a half, but time flies when you're having fun. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, again, we're grateful for you guys. Just to start us off. Just tell us a little bit about your story. Well, how how deep do you want to go? Because it's a <laughs> it can be long. Our collective, like us, uh, meeting and getting to know each other, we that's kind of short, I guess. We had a mutual friend. I was serving. I was leading worship at another church, and um, a friend that Tiffany had grown up with uh, was the children's pastor, and she said, "I've I've got someone that you might want to meet," um, and she talked a little bit about it. Um, and I just wasn't in a place where I was ready to go in that direction. And I really didn't like the idea of being set up um, by anybody. I thought, "Eh, if it goes well, it's weird, but if it goes badly, that's even worse. So, um, I just kind of, I kind of just ducked it and didn't really, or dodged the, the whole scenario. Um, and I think at that time she also mentioned me to, to Tiffany, but Tiffany absolutely wasn't interested and I just didn't have time. When you're a single parent, you're like, "How am I going to date someone?" Like, but yeah, but we so, we kind of met on our own and then, after that. Yeah, and then um, almost a year later, without even knowing about it, I moved and ended up moving down the street, and we became neighbors. And our mutual friend said, "That's Tiffany Street. Y'all are going to be neighbors." And I was like, "Oh no, that's going to be awkward because she probably knows who I am." And but she didn't. And then we actually crossed paths and I introduced myself and she still didn't know who I was. And then I felt ridiculous. But after that, we we uh, just got to know each other, I guess, followed each other on social media. I think you followed yeah. me. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it was just it's totally first. Media. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. But and then we um, it was just the Lord's working uh, because because we were neighbors I could, we could put our kids to bed and meet out on the porch and talk. And I'm sure that my little old lady neighbor just got all the gossip from <laughs> sitting oh, yeah. on the front porch. But we would sit on the front porch, and that's how we got to know each other. And then when it was time to, like, introduce our kids, um, it was like, oh, this is Mr. Joel. He lives down the street, and he's going to walk his dog. I mean, why don't we just walk with him? And so that's they kind of got to know him as, like, a friend. But we obviously there was much more behind the scenes of what our kids knew, but they just got to know like the neighbor down the street on both sides, kind of. And, and then- we we really, without even trying to, kind of old fashioned courted. We didn't really date at all. Um, and part of that was just uh, she had the two girls all the time, and I had two girls fifty uh, percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And I just got into the point where I I, I wouldn't um, even do anything socially like that when the girls were with me 
because uh, I wanted to, to maximize time with them uh, and so that I wasn't like leaving them home with mm. somebody else. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so it just got to the point where uh, I don't know if it's saving money on babysitters or whatever, but her girls were were in the condo asleep. And so we didn't even go inside and watch TV. We sat on the porch and talked. At, he would bring his like tailgate chair <laughs> down <laughs> the street. But we had we had really great yeah, conversations, awesome. yeah. you know, and without ever really going anywhere or or going out on dates. We did go out on a couple of dates before we got married. Eventually, but two, ser- literally two actual. Because dates. your oldest was fourteen at the time. at the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. I love a good love story. It's yeah. just so fun to hear. Tiffany, I remember when we were standing outside the Nashville campus and you said, I, I met somebody. <laughs> and I just, I remember that conversation in that season and it was just so special. And just, we were all so excited for you guys and what the Lord was doing. Um, and you brought up the point about courting, dating, and then of course you got married. I, I kind of want to want to look at all of those seasons and look mm-hmm. at just some of the challenges that you that you went through, um, not only after you were married and you really became this family, these two families becoming one, but even even leading up to that, because I know there's a lot of challenges, especially like you said, being a single parent and trying to um, get to know this new person while also balancing that with kiddos. How did that work and what were some of the challenges that you walked through together? I think the the probably the biggest thing is you're fearful to introduce someone to your kids. Um, because obviously, you know, with coming from divorced backgrounds and both of us have varying reasons for those, um, but you don't want to create more <laughs> trauma for your kids. And so you don't want your kids to get attached to somebody unless you're really certain or you feel really good about the fact that there is a potential future here. And so for us, it was, it, it just was kind of like the Lord's grace just going, hey, you know, we we really did like we would text each other like hey I'm we're gonna go for a bike ride do you want to take the dog for a walk and and our, my girls got to know him just because he was our neighbor and we we did that and then we kind of worked at coordinating you know a time for me to meet his girls and kind of get to know them um, but I think that was probably the biggest obstacle was just being fearful of introducing your kids to somebody that you're not sure how it's going to work out. And at some point you just, you have to dive in and take that leap of faith. But I think we both were on the same page with that with like, I'm not, you're not going to meet my, my kids until we know this is actually going to go somewhere. Right. And, and I think, I mean, unfortunately, that was a lesson that I learned the hard way. Um, Our stories are are different um, in that when Tiffany was single, she was single, like she didn't really pursue anything with anyone. Um, whereas I had been divorced for a while and, and I did date and I did, um, introduce my girls to uh, a couple of people and it didn't work out. And that was hard. It was Mm. really hard on them. Um, and because my, at that point, my youngest, uh, at the time lyric, um, she, she was real quick to just embrace people and just, welcome them in. And, and she's got a a real open heart like that. And so, um, watching them deal with that kind of loss all over again, I was, I was very, um, reluctant to put them through that again. In fact, when we met, I had made the decision at that point that I wasn't going to date anymore, that I, I was pretty much done. Um, and just kind of praying through what that looks like. And then we met and then I got to know 
Tiffany and I thought, well, okay, well, if I was going to get married, <laughs> that's definitely the kind of woman that I would marry. So it just really was, it was a, a perfect time and place and just at the, at the right moment when we got together. So that part of it felt natural um, and it went fast because I feel like that was just, we were both in a place where not looking for it, but our hearts were ready. Um, and so some of those long conversations at night, like early on were those kinds of questions, like um, just the the thought that if this isn't going in that direction, then there's no point in fostering it right. at all, um, which sounds, you know, a little bit weird in the current culture, but that's just where we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think too, um, we kind of laugh, but like we've been married for two years, but it in a really good way. It feels like we've been married for a lifetime. And I think that there's something about a second marriage that, and and also being older, um, when we met, it was like, we weren't interested in like trying to impress each other. And we weren't interested in like all the like, you know, young, flirty, like dating uh-huh. scene. We were just like, let's cut to the chase. Like, is this going to be a real thing? Or if not, like you're wasting my time. I don't have a lot of time. So let's, you know, figure this out. Um, and so I think there's, yeah, time was definitely a, a you know, a challenge, yeah. um, just being a single parent and being the sole provider for your child and all of their needs and just the, you know, and both of us working full time and all the things like just logistically, that was a challenge. So it worked yeah. out that we were neighbors and could meet after bedtime awesome. <laughs> for the kids. Yeah. So even when it came to introducing kids to one another, that really just um, y'all try to do that as naturally as possible, like the walks and the different things. And but when when did it really like become real? Like, okay, this is we've decided to go this route, and now we've got to figure out now how do we really do this thing? Like, how do yeah. we really introduce them to to Joel and to Tiffany and those kind of things? We did. Uh, we hosted dinner at each other's houses. Uh, the the girls came over to us to our house, and then we all went over to her house one time and. And really, with my at that point, my girls were a little bit older, and they had seen me mm-hmm. um, kind of dating. So for me, it, we I think we introduced them to the idea later in the process, but they had already been used to that the idea of that. Their mom had already remarried, um, so we we navigated all that with them uh, then. So I, I feel like they were a little bit uh, easier. Uh, of a transition, the the younger girls were um, we we were very strategic. It was running into each other out in public places. Yeah, you know, strategic like it was accidental, but we knew it was planned. <laughs> well, I mean, you, we right now we we have listeners. I mean, we have parents listening to all. Of, some have older, some have younger, yeah. and you guys just happen to have both at the time. Mm-hmm. So right. it was really a different. That's a challenge too. Yeah, it <laughs> is. Sure. It is. Like try, even now, trying to find something that we can all do as a family. Mm-hmm. that every child can agree on or is entertained by and can you know really enjoy it's such a broad spectrum yeah. so we find that the the older girls have to really be gracious and kind of dumb watch it. the disney princess okay? movie right. dumb it down the a little bit yeah. <laughs> play the play the shoots and ladders yeah. instead of other more complicated games or we have teams Nerds. so fulton can join somebody's team <laughs> yes you know? Yeah, Fulton's always on someone's team. Yeah. So, so um, for you guys in the process of blending 
the the two families. Uh, what do you wish you would have known in this process? Um, I, I think I, I like to think that we were fairly well prepared. Mm-hmm. I think we got some good advice early on. Um, we. I came from a blended family as a child, and so I had a, a list of things that I knew I wanted to avoid um, that were difficult for me, um, and I had some things that that were good modeled examples from my from my parents. But um, I think the thing that I, I wish I would have known this sounds so obvious, but just knowing that there's going to be difficulty doesn't eliminate the difficulty. It, it mm-hmm. might make it easier to navigate when it comes. But it's still hard, and it's it still can catch you off guard sometimes how emotional uh, something can be. Um, and something that's completely innocuous can trigger a, a memory or a hurt from past relationships, and you begin to insert value into something that wasn't there because it's something that you wow. still were holding on to in, in the past. As a, and that's just on the, the relationship side. Um, between us and, and then with the kids, um, we we were told, and I think this is helpful to know, we were told that your kids aren't going to move, they're not going to embrace the relationship and the family dynamic as quickly as we, because we were ready at that point. We were making the commitment to get married. We were 100%, but that doesn't mean that your kids are all mm. 100%. And they might be 100% one day and then not be the next, you know, so... Um, but just even though we knew those things going in, I think um, we've still had to struggle through, okay, we're in this situation that we knew would possibly happen, but that doesn't always help you get out of it right away. You still have to navigate it and figure yeah. out, okay, what's, what is the best step now that we're here? What are, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, knowledge and prep and anticipation of all the things is great. Um, and I think we were fortunate in that. Um, but it, it doesn't always make it easy every time. Yeah. I think knowing, knowing that there's going to be difficulty that, that, that you said that, that doesn't take away the difficulties and important, but it, you're right. It does help you navigate a little bit more clearly and know that there's a path ahead of you that is going to have some challenge along the way. Um, so you guys have, has it been three years now then that you've been yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably a little over three years. A little over three years. So yeah. over these past three years, and especially once you got married, what what have you learned about each other, um, and what have you learned in your marriage? What is what's helped you along the way in your marriage as you get used to this incredible partner that you have? Yeah. I mean, man, we've learned a lot. I think, and I think there's still a lot to yeah. be learned. We're in the curve still. <laughs> I mean, even last night we we had a discussion. <laughs> that after we talked about, like, we knew that we were going to be talking about, you know, this this whole deal. And then we had a, a discussion completely off the subject, just one of our, our kids and dealing with social media and things like that. And we were we were agreeing, but we were not communicating in a way that each each other heard the fact that we were agreeing. So it was like we were talking past each other. And it was incredibly frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And so our... Our communication styles, and I've, I've been thinking about this all morning, in fact, um, our communication styles are very different, um, and we we know that. It, it happens. It's, this is the first time that we've had that issue. Um, but I tend to be the one who, who I think, well, I said everything that I meant, and if if she only heard that or if she only communicated to me in the way that I want to be communicated, 
to, then this would have been great. But it, the the reality is, it's not. It my way isn't necessarily right or wrong. It just is where it is. I'm wired the way that I'm wired. Mm-hmm. She's wired the way that she's wired. Um, and we do. We're learning those things. We're still in the process of learning those things. Um, but it's to say that I'm right and she's wrong, or she's right and I'm wrong, doesn't really always fit the bill because the fact is we in that particular instance i think we were both right we agreed we, about the topic that we were talking about but we, we were talking past each other yeah. in the process and it was we were it, offended by the way that each other was communicating <laughs> <laughs> which is not that is not a blended family thing that is a that's a parent that's, that's a, just a, any relationship yeah. yeah friendship yeah. marriage anything but i think another thing that um that I had to learn, and I guess we both have learned, but I, I feel like you taught me this, is the difference between equal and equitable. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have four kids and, you know, even if it's not a blended family, but even more so when it is a blended family, that there's really no such thing as equal. And you ha- you parent each kid in a way that is appropriate for that child. And so, you know, Lyric is our emotional feeler. Nola Grace is is – like you could scream and yell at her and then she'd be like, okay, you know, she just is, she takes things differently. And, and so you have to recognize your child's personality, um, but also, you know, and you parent that way. And that would be something that you would do. Any parent would do, um, you know, catering to the needs of that child. But also when you have, we have two kids that are in our house 100% of the time. And then we have two kids that are not there in our house 50% of the time. And, now, then the the two that are with us fifty percent of the time have essentially a dad and a stepmom and a mom and a stepdad. So they have four parental figures right. in their mm-hmm. life that are offering parental advice, that are caring for their needs, that are making sure that yeah. you know food, clothes, and shelter are taken care of. And then we have two that only have a mom and a dad to do those kind of things. And then so. When it comes to like basic needs all the way through discipline, through like the fun things that you get to do, there there is a difference between equal and equitable because if we went out and bought them all five pairs of jeans and two pairs of shoes and three shirts and then the older two go to their moms and she buys them clothes, then it's not equal anymore, you know, right. and so having to learn the difference between equal That's and equitable um, has it's been helpful to me even, and, and that come, you have to remind yourself to, um, in your parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and with the older girls, um, the, we, we co-parent, uh, two different households from very different perspectives and, in, in, in some, some ways. And so navigating that in a way that is, um, trying to be the, the most for peace uh-huh. between the yeah. two, um, how how we parent them is different than how we parent the younger two who are with us all the time and and I mean I got to uh, we I, I adopted the younger two and so it's there's multiple layers of mm-hmm. yeah. of uh, just different things there um, and then the huge age gap and so there's I mean you you every child is parented in an individual way we love them mm-hmm. all hopefully the same. Um, we, we don't always like them all the same every day, but we love them all the same. We want the best for every one of them, but that looks very different on a child-by-child yeah. child basis. And it looks very different from the way that I can speak into the life of the older two versus the way that 
Tiffany can, and we're trying to make it to where, like, I mean, they obviously respect her as a parental figure, but for them, she is stepmom for whatever that means. And even though I'm the adopted father of the younger two, sometimes they, I mean, they're they're new to this idea of having a dad. Yeah. Right. So they don't always uh, react to me the way that you would, you know, expect a, a a genetically born child to react. I mean, they're still kind of processing that. And sometimes it feels like I'm a stepdad, even though I'm not, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. I would go back to your question about um, what do you wish somebody could have told yeah. you? Because I do feel like, like we sat down with my boss and his wife and their blended family and another pastor and his wife and their blended family. And we had lots of great advice. We've, we've been a part of a blended family like group and, and that was super helpful. But um, I wish that someone had said to me, don't don't get easily offended um, because they're you know even now we've been together for over three years and we've been a, a a blended family under the same roof for two years but my the two that I brought and the two that he brought somewhat regularly will come and say good night mom or good night dad but not say good night to the other person like that's that's kind of normal yeah, and. Yeah. And that's not to fault them, you know. It takes a long time. And, you know, early on we would have gotten really offended, like, well, they didn't tell me goodnight, yeah, you know. Yeah. And um, But it's just it's, – it's hard to not be the biological parent but want to be accepted that's as you good, are. Yeah, and so yeah. I think that that, I think, kind of caught me off guard. And I probably wish that someone had said, hey, like, don't don't get so offended or don't get your feelings hurt, like – that's just kind of natural and, yeah. and it takes time. Yeah. That's, that's good. I, I feel like there's people listening to this who are like, I can relate. Like, yeah, yeah that's exactly Any, the way I feel. Anybody that's ever hugged a kid that didn't want to be hugged, <laughs> gotta have feel that happens. Yeah. Like, you're like, you know, like, hey, there, I, we've got, we got a couple of squirmy kids that just aren't used to me hugging. And I'm a, I'm a affectionate hugger yeah. guy, you know, but early on, <laughs> I'm like, man. Hugging a stiff kid is is hard, you know. We we now have a, a five second rule somewhere we, along the line. We heard that like a true hug to like get the the like sensory like emotional you know good yeah. things from a hug is that you have to hug for five seconds. Though, so we will actually like grab our kids and count to five slowly, and they think it's funny now. <laughs> now it's until it's uncomfortable. I'm going to embrace you until it's uncomfortable. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So here's the other thing that I really uh, just listen to your stories. It's God's stories. I mean, mm -hmm. the, every every story that represented in your life, the different people that's represented in your life, God's writing those stories. And God has taught you guys so much in this process, I'm sure. So what are some of those things that, that you believe God is is teaching you or maybe some things that, that you have learned about God in this process? I would say that God is a redeemer mm -hmm. and there's so much hope in that. Um, and the cool thing is, I think when we got married, there was a feeling of, man, God's really redeemed some stuff. But the fact is he's still redeeming stuff mm -hmm. because we're still working through the, the things and our marriage is not perfect, you know, by any stretch because we're two very broken people coming at this thing from different perspectives. And, um, but, he absolutely has taken some really awful past situations and brought us to this place. Um, and 
there we we talked about this uh just privately between us but um there's a there's a, a thousand things that I wish I would have done differently in my first marriage um there's a there's a thousand things that if I really looked back and got critical um I wish were different about my story um but all of those things are part of what led us to this place and I wouldn't have the relationship that we have or we wouldn't have this and um, if if I were able to go back and somehow magically redo any of the things that I wish I could, the trajectory of my life would change to the point where we might not have what we have, and what we have is good, and I think it's a gift. Um, and so I just I'm I was thinking about it. Uh, I, I think I mean it. We're actually we're absolutely shaped uh, by our experiences, but we're not defined mm. by those things. And um, that's one of the things that that I'm, I'm really um, glad that we're learning because it gives me hope for a long-lasting future. I know that, I mean, we, we know the statistics, right? Uh, second marriages have a much higher failure rate um, than first marriages even, and first marriages don't have a great right. track record. Right, right. Um, so even going into it, we knew that. Um, but just seeing the way that God has, has redeemed things from Tiffany's past— and the way that he's redeemed things from my past gives me a lot of hope that even if we encounter something that that seems insurmountable in the moment, he's he's going to be faithful to redeem that as well. Um, and so that's kind of the the biggest thing. It's a, a, a huge picture of grace mm. and providence um, that uh, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't give in to regret over anything. Or let the past just rule, because that's part of what led us here, and and we're headed in a good place. I think. Yeah, I think too. Um, <clears throat> obviously, we both have overcome a lot in the past, and um, I think the you know we the natural like Christian perspective is we want an easy life, like we want God to give us you know, great blessing and we want everything to go smoothly. And the reality is that's, that's not anyone's life. Um, and so recognizing, like Joel just said, like our, our relationship, we, we might not be where we are today if, you know, we hadn't encountered some of the things we had in the past. Um, but also as taking that perspective and putting it in the present and the future, because, you know, we encounter things on a daily basis. Like when you're blending a family, I feel like there's something every day and it's heavy and it's hard and it weighs on you. Um, but even with our kids, you know, like just the, the challenges of, you know, to that switch houses every time and them not ever feeling like home is home, you know, and then to that don't really get that perspective at all. Um, but helping them walk through those challenges, helping them see like, okay, this is, this is the hand that you've been dealt. This is the life that you have, but how can you see the goodness of the Lord in that? And how can you face that? Because I believe that in just like Joel just said, like we, we wouldn't have the relationship with Jesus that we have if we didn't encounter those things. Our faith would not Mm. be tested. Um, and it would just be shallow and it wouldn't be, um, what the Lord wants it. And so we, we often pray for God, take this away or God, you know, remove this hardship or, um, this, difficulty but if we don't ha- if we didn't have that when then we wouldn't know the goodness of the lord in the way that we do yeah, yeah. it's the faith that's tested that produces endurance mm-hmm. wow <clears throat> yeah and i love i love how you um reminded us that um 
what we walk through, you know, seeing the goodness of the Lord, we see how good He is when we compare it to some of the things that we walk through. And that's something I think is applicable to all of us, no matter what kind of family we're coming from. We're going to face challenges. We're going to face situations that are really difficult. But seeing the goodness of the Lord shine through that is just so incredible. Um, you guys had a lot of wisdom walking into this relationship in your marriage. I know you mentioned you talked with um, friends and with pastors and with people, you know, before you stepped into this to get um, to glean from their wisdom and to draw on their experiences. What's maybe one thing, um, something that you learned throughout that before you got married that you feel like was a really great piece of advice that maybe you want to pass on to others? Um, well. When I interviewed for a job six over six years ago, um, one of the things – I'm going to cry. One of the first things that my uh, boss said to me was, um, I need you to know that you don't have to defend divorce. Mm. And um, at that point, he shared with me a little bit of his story. And I just thought, wow, God, like you didn't have to give me this, but this is a gift, you know. And it's just it, – it's that. It's the Lord. He always re- rewrites that story even better than we ever could have imagined it. Mm. And something so simple as, you know, I took a job where my boss just understood, you know, a big part of my life. Um, but they were um, – I, I I did two things when I met Joel. I made him sit down with the Allens because I knew that they were my <laughs> friends that would um, just say, mm, we have some red flags or um, or we're, would be all in. And thankfully they were all in um, and they, you know, and so I made – Made Joel go have lunch with Nick and Susan and and get the sign off. For anybody <laughs> anybody that's listening and doesn't know, Nick is our campus pastor at Nashville, yeah. who's now who's now I work who with yep. now my boss, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. he liked Again. you that much. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Who knew back then? But I have been friends with them for a really long time, and um, they just I just really valued their opinion. But then also, um, my boss and his wife. That was kind of our we went to their house for dinner. It was the most awkward dinner. I don't know if they would agree and he's probably going to listen to this, but, um, but they were just so helpful to us and they, um, they provided some resources. There's not a lot out there for, um, you know, really from a Christian perspective of, uh, blending families. Um, but they, they shared with us a couple of resources. Um, one of which was a book, um, called Saving Your Second Marriage Before It Starts. And um, there's obviously a Saving Your First Marriage Before yeah. It Starts book. Um, but this whole series on uh, blending families, and um, that was just really helpful to us. Um, and and there isn't a lot of resources, and some of the resources aren't great. Um, and that one's honestly a little bit outdated, but it was really helpful for us. But sitting down at their house uh, for dinner and just hearing their story and hearing them um, – offer advice and for them to go this is hard and they were not they didn't shy away from that Mm -hmm. like it's hard and um it's it's always going to be a challenge there's always going to be people that you're not even related to that have an influence on your family because of the blended family dynamics Mm -hmm. um but they said to us you can do this and i think like we just needed that like we needed somebody to go yeah you can it's hard it's not going to be easy but you can do this and we're going to be here like when you need us to be and that dinner was was really it was only awkward in the sense that there was already a relationship with tiffany and bill because they worked together and and just the investment that they had already made in Tiffany's life. And then I'm this outsider coming in. So I didn't know what to expect. Um, but he also, I mean, they they didn't like make me feel like an outsider. It was just, um, he, he's also the one who led the small group study about blended families. And so that was very helpful for us. Um, of course, we were already married when we went into that. 
Um, but still it was, it was good because even in, within the course of that, I was like, Oh, thank you. We're not the only ones that have dealt with this issue of, of kids not like changing birth order and finding out, you know, where they belong in the family because mm-hmm. everything's changed for them on both sides. But, um, yeah, I think Bill was incredibly encouraging from the start, from, you know, and, and has continued to be and just supportive. Yeah. It's been good. Yeah. So I think, I mean, you have to face the reality of like, it's going to, I mean, marriage and it's, it, hard. It, it's, it's hard and, and I'm, I don't think either one of us would be like a proponent of divorce. Like there's a reason that God designed man and woman to be together mm-hmm. and one man and one woman, um, because if, if you do it God's way, like there, you know, it's not going to be perfect. It's still going to have its challenges, but there's a reason God designed it that way. And, um, when you take, when that gets disrupted, um, for whatever reason, and then you're trying to go at it again, you've got all these outside contributing factors that then you still, you have to deal with that you wouldn't have if it were just one man and one woman. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's beauty in God's design. Um, that's awesome. And there's beauty in God's design and there's beauty in God's redemption. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Like he doesn't just leave us where it's like, Oh, this is, this is it. You got, this is it. This is, you got to live with this, the rest of, but God is in the business of redemption and restoring our story, you know, and and building a, a better story for his kingdom. Um, if we just step into it, you know, and, and that's, it's probably the, the toughest part about it. Just stepping into God's story, let him do his work within our lives and trusting him with it. And that, that maybe tomorrow we trust him a little more tomorrow than we did today. And that's really, um, that's the sanctification process is greatness. And I think one of the things that I, I didn't realize, and that came about through that um, the group that we were in and the book um, "Saving Your Second Marriage Before It Starts," is I didn't realize how many characters throughout Scripture, like in the Bible, um, were blended families mm-hmm. or a result mm-hmm. of you know broken families. And so, like even even Jesus had an earthly father that wasn't his real dad, you know, with God, the father and God, the son. And so that was, um, I don't know, that just helped me realize that, oh, it's a little more normal. And I think a lot of times as a blended family or as a divorced individual, you feel like an outsider. And so, especially in the church, sometimes we want to put the the most perfect picture of what a family looks like, but that's just not reality. And and for anybody out there that's trying to look for a perfect um, family in the Bible, just give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, See if you can do there's it. Mm-hmm. Right. all sorts of broken families <laughs> all throughout Mary Scripture. Joseph, but maybe. but that made me feel a little more normal, and it would ju- it was just comforting to me yeah. to to come to that realization yeah. that all throughout Scripture, there's all sorts of blended families, um, and there's a lot to glean from that. That's great. Um, really, the final thing that we have for you is that uh, what would you tell people who are just trying to figure out this blended family thing? You know. I think one of the things that that we still deal with that I think we're going to continue to deal with um, as as we go on in life is the fact that when you when you blend when you blend together like we are 100 percent committed to each other uh, and then some. um, But it is it's very hard to watch someone else parent your child. Um, It's very hard. Um, when your parenting styles may be different, um, t- 
to figure out, okay, where's the balance of that? Like, mm. uh, you know, we, we both are, I think, would say we are the parents of our house, um, but it's still hard to let someone else discipline your child. Mm. That's, that's, a, that's a real issue. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I think um, along those lines, another thing that my boss and his wife taught us is that um, they call it a sidebar. Um, but my advice to really any parent, you know, especially in a, a two-parent situation, um, is make sure you're united. And yeah. and my, you know, my boss and his wife call it a sidebar because they would, you know, even in the heat of it, and sometimes we do this, you have to go, hold on, wait a minute. And we go, you know, into our bedroom and close the door and we hash it out. And then we come back yeah. and go, okay, here's here, here's here's where we stand on this. Um, but yeah, and, and I think that was something that was really frustrating early on is that um, one of us not feeling like the other one had our back. And, um, and, and some of that was parenting styles, but some of that was like, that's my kid you're you're disciplining and as a single mom for so long um i felt like when he was disciplining one of the younger two that in a way he was disciplining me too because my my parental tactics mm -hmm. didn't work and so that was hard you kind of have wow, to swallow yeah. a lot of pride um but yeah i would say present a united front to your kids um talk yeah. it out as long as it takes um, but then, honestly, like, it sounds like the Jesus answer, like the Sunday school answer, but if you don't have Christ in the center, like, there is no binding mm -hmm. factor to keep you together, and um, I'm grateful that we have that, um, because sometimes that it feels like that's all we have, right. and you're like, ah, it's so frustrating um, to be able to get to the same, on the same page, but really, like, God is faithful, and you know, he really is writing a story and mm -hmm. there's a scripture in Revelation um, that says he writes all things new. Mm -hmm. And um, I love that verse because I've I've seen it, you know, I've seen it not only in, you know, in my life personally and with Joel and I together, but also like our kids are different even in two years. Like they're different. They're the they're different people from when we first met. They're different from when we um first got married and all of that is for the better you know i you know even though this is not this was not god's design originally um it he's redeeming it and yeah. and not just for the two of us but for all six right, of us right yeah. that's really good you guys are incredible parents mm. i love getting Absolutely. to hear your thoughts and hear what <laughs> you don't feel like you. it a lot of times you have amazing kids <laughs> And wow. um, they mirror a lot of the excellence that you guys provide for them in your yeah. parenting. But like you said it, I mean, he is the foundation. The Lord is the foundation. So even if one part of the house, we, we build a little bit off, you know, that foundation is there and we can, we can go back and rebuild. And he does that redemption in our lives. So I'm so thankful you guys have shared with us today well, and um, that our listeners get to mm -hmm. from some of your wisdom now and what some of the things the Lord has taught you. So thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Yeah, thank guys. you. Guys. Well, thanks for having us.